Welcome back to Average Joe's. I can get to say it this week because I'm actually here. <laughs> yes. You don't get your perfect attendance pin, though. I know. I know. I told Mike I left. What was it? Yeah. Uh, Pembroke last last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we left there about 4.30. I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm making the podcast. <laughs> but... It's funny, they used to keep attendance like at churches, and yeah. and we have to because we live in the COVID era now, so we know, and it's it's nice because I can see, you know, and this will give me a report once a month that says, hey, we haven't seen so-and-so in two weeks or three weeks, and I can give them a call or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's always that awkward call like, hey, Joseph, <laughs> or Jimmy, or whatever their mm-hmm. name is, like, oh, I'm so sorry we haven't been in church, and then I'm like... They give me the all of the, you know, my cousin died and the refrigerator blew up and mm-hmm. now I'm like okay, but we're gonna preach on the importance of uh, being in a church community, giving, um, attending, and participating, and not the first week because I don't know that there'll be a lot of people the first week, <laughs> New Year's <laughs> Eve, but yeah. it's on the list and I'm gonna use some testimonies. So this is where uh, uh, Avery and Sean get their their shout out for the week. Mm-hmm. But Avery was telling me about how he's been taught to give, and I'm going to have him kind of share his testimony, uh, share a testimony about giving that mm-hmm. week. So, nice. yeah. Excellent. I was thinking. I was listening to you talk to him in church on Sunday, and I was thinking of suggesting. He looks like he's br- brave. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid of being in front of a crowd, and that's good. Uh, and his mom too yep. uh, but I was wondering if it might I've seen some good use of videos where you do an interview oh yeah and and it might give you a chance to do some edit, edit. yeah that might be or, a, that might be a good idea especially a, now with the big TV mm-hmm. yeah yep. that's a great idea or, multimedia event yeah. yeah and for people who aren't nervous about being in front of people and you know that that takes the edge off but it doesn't sound like that no, but I'm gonna, I'd like to have them with the giving piece, uh, somebody with attendance, you know, that, that attends, mm-hmm. you know, regularly makes that a priority, and then somebody who is participating in a ministry and, and you know, mm-hmm. so. Um, Heart, soul, and strength, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's, where have I heard that from before? I, hmm. no. I wonder. I think no. it was in Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could say that John McLean had a lot of heart, a lot of soul, a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, so this week we don't have Levi and we don't have Chris. Yeah. Chris made the suggestion we covered Die Hard this week. Mm. Why Why am I, you know... It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's it's beginning to be a theme where somebody says, hey, you should talk about this very, like, controversial topic or very yeah. tough to talk about topic. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that, I'm not going to be there, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, this one is going out for you, and I'm going to get us started with my two John McLean moments <laughs> as a father. So, <clears throat> as we were trying to figure out what to talk about with uh, with Die Hard, what, do we, what themes do we pull out of that? I initially and instantly went to protecting my family. <clears throat> and I am have long been the when i i'm not really probably supposed to put this out on the air but i i have a carry concealed permit 
Um, incidentally, if you're listening, uh, listeners, dear listeners, uh, that's one of those questions you're never supposed to ask somebody is, do you carry? But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> since I'm volunteering the information, I, but well, I had just to, said you had it for me. You didn't say you carried it. Right. And that's, we'll leave it at that. That said, when I decided to uh, become a concealed carry permit holder, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I made the decision that um, because in the training they teach you, if you pull that firearm, you have to be willing to fire it. Mm-hmm. And wrestled with the idea of could I take another life and the places the two places where I've I have landed is if it uh, is in protection of my family or protection of my flock because uh, sometimes you have to shoot the wolves uh, those two things um, I would not I would not blink I wouldn't hesitate I would mm-hmm. uh, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six all of that is to say that I do have a handgun in the home and um or i'll I'll just say one (laughs) and uh when and i think i've shared this story before when the kids when the twins were really young jake loved to push buttons like on every electronic like the microwave would be cooking nothing because jake would push the start button or whatever and we had a stereo downstairs and somehow in his button pushing he set the stereo to go off in the middle of the night. Yeah. So we wake up, we're startled, we're hearing this deep voice downstairs, and it was a radio DJ or something, and like somebody's in the house. And so I get Jackie up, she grabs, I give her the cell phone so she can call 911. She grabs the twins out of their crib, gets in the closet, and then I go down, and I'm clearing room by room with a handgun. No lights on, because I know the house better than any burglar would. And I'm come around the corner where I'm hearing the voices, and I pull the gun, and it's the stereo that, <laughs> that Jake had programmed to go off. And I almost shot it just out of sheer. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my first introduction to I'm going to protect my family, even at risk of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the second one is a little bit more realistic. So I did a funeral this fall uh, for a guy who OD'd, mm-hmm. and there were some other addicts that came to the funeral. And that was on, a, on Saturday of opening day of gun. I finally get out in the woods Sunday afternoon, and I get a phone call as I'm walking in my tree stand um, from the mother of the, the guy who passed away. I said, Mike, wherever you are, you and Jackie need to get home, lock the doors. We've called the police, but one of these guys has said he's, he's coming after you. He's wow. told us he's coming, and he knows you know where you are, and... And I had been warned even before the funeral that this guy had issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's opening weekend. I'm now I'm not going to get to hunt the ne- the second day either because of this. Mm-hmm. And Jackie calls me. She was shopping in Geneseo, so I just called the kids who were home, and it was Charlie and Rachel. And um, I said, lock the doors, keep your eye out, and gave them the description of the car. And, uh, and then I talked to Charlie. I said, Charlie, you're going to have to man up because I'm going to keep hunting. <laughs> so well, here's Charlie, and I love him. He gets, he goes, Dad, all we've got is 12-gauge ammo. I said, well, that's fine. You have a 12. He goes, yeah, but I'm giving it to Rachel. <laughs> so he, and he didn't, like, he puts five rounds yeah. in. Rachel's sitting on the couch watching TV with a 12-gauge. <laughs> Charlie's up playing video games with another rifle that I have since lost in a boating accident oh, no. <laughs> oh, he's man. like 
But, oh my gracious. So uh, feeling good about protecting my family, but beyond that, also enabling my family to protect themselves. Yeah. And that was something that was in the movie Die Hard. Mm-hmm. So uh, John McClane's wife, Holly McClane, but she was kind of going by Holly Gennaro, her, her maiden name, and she never let on at all that John was her, mm-hmm. her husband. And, like, she knew how to play the game. And she went in and confronted Hans Gruber and um, said, we need to use the bathroom, and we need, uh, we've got a pregnant woman who needs to be in a chair and negotiate it. Like, uh, he, he had done the right things, you know. And even with his family, they went to, you know, to talk to his family. And in later movies, his son and he mm-hmm. reunited. Those were Christmas movies, though. But... So that's to kick us off. Uh, being like manly men, I think men, we we protect our family, mm-hmm. we protect our flock, and we teach our family how to protect themselves as well. So, and that's actually biblical. There's there's a, a lack of teaching, uh, so I hear, in evangelical churches these days, and, and there's actually teaching to the contrary and some of that is is challenging I was uh, well for for one thing we talked about before you pushed record uh, one of the Bible verses that I had heard uh, defending that type of Christian attitude as a, uh, a father defends his house uh, if by lethal force if necessary was uh, an implication from first Timothy 5 8 anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever and and uh, that's I mean the protect and provide it sounds like maybe just uh, working a job bring home the bacon as they Mm. used to say it in the old days but uh, you can't provide for a family if they're dead so <laughs> you know you've got to be willing to but and there are other bible verses you can't build a theology around one bible verse but um uh i think of um i can't remember where it was in one of the gospels uh i jesus asked his uh, disciples if they had a sword you know there's the one famous yeah yeah you know, where Je- where jesus told peter to put the sword away because you live by the sword you'll die by the sword and there there's a maybe you would call it a paradox there is a uh, there are boundaries on both ends that we need to acknowledge it's not okay just to uh, you know start shooting right uh and you could you could uh, you could find yourself in prison. You could shoot, uh, you know, if, if uh, uh, you get old adult children coming home late at night or uh, a, uh, a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, you you could kill an innocent person, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't want to be trigger happy. Well, going going back to the movie, he ended up shooting the person at the end, but mm. he was clearing the room, Mr. McLean, and these the one guy comes out acting like he's innocent. And then the other buddy, the guy's buddy, came behind him with a machine gun and tried shooting him. And so he planked the person behind him. And then the first person pulled out his gun and tried shooting at him. And he's walking across the table and John's underneath it. And he's something along the lines of, oh, if you got to be prepared to shoot somebody if you have to, blah, blah, blah. And he gets to the end of the table and he goes, 
okay. He shoots you up to the table like eight times. Uh-huh. He goes, thank you for the advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly I forgot about that. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to be, be prepared. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's, uh, there is a... Our translations don't do it justice, right? Like the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not kill. And I have people ask me all mm-hmm. the time, well, why then is, uh, you know, the Bible full of killing? Yeah. Well, there's a difference between murder and yeah. killing in the, in, in the Hebrew language. And, and thou shalt not murder is different than uh, kill. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think we want this podcast to go down that you know, too far down that hole of <laughs> is yeah. it, can we kill somebody or not? But right. is it? It's Genesis something. I was thinking it was Genesis nine something that, um, you know, if if you if, if you kill you, then you know the penalty basically is you too shall be killed. And I don't oh. remember what it is though now. Um, is that when Noah came out of the ark? Uh, yeah. Well, that's in Genesis nine, and I don't know that he would have said that then, would he? Um, Maybe. Yeah, no, it's a it's a strange location, but yeah, it was somewhere in that. Yeah, shedding of blood is a, is a blood, serious yeah. deal, and that's uh, I think it's also as uh, a maybe a side topic, but I think the the Bible is uh, absolutely in favor of the death penalty for. Uh, yeah. Not that you know, in 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 law, there's there's always the maximum sentence the minimum sentence and the the judge gets to decide whether to give leniency and that's biblical too it's not to say that you everyone who takes a life needs to die that's not right what i'm saying but that uh, life is so valuable and it's uh it's god's to take not ours unless he gives us permission or instruction which he has uh and um to not take a life for someone who's like maybe a cold-blooded killer yeah uh is unbiblical i mean there are exceptions because god didn't kill cain there you know god the death penalty isn't for everyone but uh these are these are tough uh ethical And, and that's the question you wrestle with when you when you decide to carry is you know, like I value life so much, and not even my life, but the life of my family, that I'm willing to take yours to protect it. <laughs> and that is yeah. a kind of an ethical, and it is, it's 9-6, Genesis 9-6, whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed, for in the image of God has God created mankind. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and it's, but though we wrestle with those questions how can you be uh against abortion but for the death penalty that's the other question that often comes up right Right. um and i think they're very different i mean at that point there's a fact of innocence compared to right exactly or evil Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i remember the uh i think in the old testament we was talking about uh cities of refuge Mm. where uh if if someone in your family is killed, they're allowed to run to a city of refuge. I guess if it was an accident, and then the the uh, what do they call them, the Avenger or something mm-hmm. like that, the mm-hmm. blood, uh, the the it looked like it was common back then, and maybe even uh, approved by scripture that if they don't run to that city of refuge, 
then the family member, the avenger of blood, is allowed to even the score or you know bring justice. Yeah, uh, and that's that's not a free. Even in there, it's you know interpreting the Old Testament, applying it to the New Testament. I don't want to make it sound easy, because there are also rules in uh, I don't know Numbers, maybe uh, Deuteronomy, where uh, if you if someone breaks into your house, you kill them, and it's dark out, uh, you're not guilty. But if they break into your house during the daytime and you kill them, you're not allowed to do that. Like, yeah. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Just because the lights are on doesn't mean I. I'm going to be able to handle the situation without killing the guy. Oh, I went the other direction. Like, I if they break into my house during daytime, I just lock them up, put them in the basement until it's daytime, <laughs> then I finish the job. This is a Christian podcast, right? <laughs> well, We're assuming it. the guy's guilty, okay? <laughs> We're assuming the guy has... Uh, <laughs> nefarious, if not lethal, intentions and, and deserves to die. This, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, I don't know, I feel uh, obligated to, to say something about laughing about these things because it's not, uh, it says, that, you know, there's a time, Ecclesiastes, there's a yeah, time for war, yeah. there's a time for peace, there's a time for everything. And um, even in, you know, love your enemies, we're, we're not supposed to... Um, Enjoy, I forget where it is, but uh, uh, enjoy the the downfall of your enemies or something like that. We can't, uh, we can't uh, love. Uh, and I don't have any problem with laughing about stuff like this. I think it's, uh, but for the listeners, yeah, yep, uh, not to get the wrong idea. That, uh, now maybe an overarching pull from the movie. Is at Christmas we celebrate the 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 birth of a baby, mm-hmm. right? This uh, peace and mm-hmm. joy to the world, and um, and yet Jesus tells us he didn't come to to bring peace. Yeah. You know, he came to be. Uh, it, it, there's um, when he comes back, he's not going to be peaceful. No, no, and and even when he was here, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And. Um, there, it, and I want to use the word violent, even though it's not really. But I mean, even childbirth is a violent entrance into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's not all peace, and you know, I mean, you, for yeah. crying out loud, Bethlehem Herod had you know created gen or uh, infanticide yeah. at his birth. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you, there's no, uh, there's no historical record of a mass infanticide or infanticide or whatever it's called. But um, if they were just in Bethlehem, where he ordered all the babies to be killed, then you're looking at probably eight or ten children that fit that age, and mm. that's not that's not considered a mass. Bethlehem's a small yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but from the start, it was it was violent. You know, he didn't. Yeah. While that he's the peace of the world, he is. Um, he he came with a sword and. In some regards. So you're saying that Die Hard is the perfect Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it is a Christmas movie. <laughs> Clearly, it was a Christmas movie. The fact that he's uh, going to a Christmas, Christmas party. party. Uh, <laughs> so come to the coast, have a few laughs. 
So yeah. here's uh, to a lot of a lot of life is just paradoxes. We already kind mm -hmm. of uh, alluded to some to uh, two specifically, I think, where it seems like two two things, two op opposing ideas are true at the same time, and that's that's just life. There's sometimes it's quite okay to take a life, sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking about um, Matt, uh, it's a Sermon on the Mount, I think, where he says, uh, "Don't resist an evil person." Uh, you know, it's it's the um, uh, if uh, if someone makes you walk one mile, walk with them too. If someone takes your coat, give them or, or mm -hmm. give me your shirt too. And I forget all the, but I think there is in there. I'd have to look it up. Uh, uh, oh, that's the famous "Turn the Other Cheek." And I assume that that doesn't mean uh, that they're uh, that that's a lethal blow. <laughs> you can't turn the other cheek if if you're dead. Cold. So, uh, but it does say, "Don't resist an evil man." And I've wrestled with that, and I've wondered if, like in in self-defense, uh, concealed carry, or any other, uh, I've I've wondered if. Um, it's if a Christian should be willing to take someone else's life to protect like his wife or kids family or someone else's life but if it's his own life and only his own life on the line yep. then maybe it'd be a Christian thing to uh, can you imagine uh, you're in the church and and uh, we find you dead in the doorway uh, uh, with your gun on you and you've been shot and, and we're like what happened here and then the guy gets caught he goes to court and etc uh, tells a story I was on meth or mm -hmm. whatever and I I was looking for money and I had my gun out and I was a little paranoid and I end up shooting the pastor makes for a good movie uh, <laughs> And you find out that uh, uh, maybe you tried to talk him down, maybe witness to him, and a good uh, that'd be a good Christian movie. Uh, and sounds like Machine Gun Pastor. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. And you were fully capable of shooting the guy dead if you wanted to. Uh, somehow in the story, it turns out uh, you chose not to, and ended up giving your life. Yeah, because uh, your wife was safe kids are safe your congregation's safe it's either my life or this guy's life yep and maybe that's what it means in uh, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount where he says don't resist an evil man um, if it's just you and him yeah and I wonder have you guys thought about that I have a little bit it's so each of those are uh, those were, were common practice things so Romans, Roman guards could make you take their bags for a, a mile or whatever it was, a stadia or whatever. And taking it the second mile, think about the conversation that takes place there. Well, why are you doing this? You only, you're only obligated for one. Mm -hmm. I know. But I, I want to serve you. You know, it, my God calls me to serve you. Yeah, God my told God, me to. <laughs> yeah, lay down, lay down my desires or my will. I can't stand the Roman government, but I'm I'm setting that aside. So yeah. there's doors open there. The turn the other cheek was a, 
and I forget what they call it. It's not a euphemism, <clears throat> but it's a it's a Jewish phrase, and it's idiom. A, idiom. That's the word, and it's a it's a mockery. Oh yeah, you want to slap that cheek? How about this one too? It's oh. it's like mocking your enemy almost. It's oh. heaping heaping coals on them almost. Right. Um, so I don't think it's saying you got to stay in an abusive situation. You know, you yeah. got to keep right. getting your face slapped back and forth. Yeah. Um, but it is saying, you know, take the hit and then take the second one and move on. And um, so I think there's each of those. Now, I have thought about that scenario that you talked about. And that's, that is kind of where I've landed, is that if it's, if it's protecting my family or my flock, um, I didn't mention myself in there. Yeah. Now, there, it gets gray when you start saying, well, if I'm not there, who's protecting and providing for my family? Yeah. So one of you guys will have to do that whole Leveret marriage thing and, and yeah. take on my well, family. That's not your brother, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be on him. I mean, <laughs> and you, you can also look at it. I can't remember what psychologist. Yeah, you, you just like the, yeah. the whole trolley car model where you have the trolley car barreling down the hill oh, and you can pull. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can pull a lever and it can save a whole bunch of people. And yeah. you can just yep. So at that point, and especially you, you, like you being the pastor, you have this opportunity. I mean, we all have opportunity, but you have your the role you're in is the opportunity to reach. Yeah, the masses. Yeah. So then it's do you take out the one? Yeah. With potentially being able to save the masses, or do you? But what about the te- the, the testimony? If I were to be taken out by this guy, I mean that you you don't know how the Lord might use that either, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean that's. And you think of Bonhoeffer, a vowed yeah. um, pacifist, and he was imprisoned as a, you know, because he continued to preach during Nazi Germany and. Mm-hmm eventually decided to go along with a, a plot to kill Hitler. Um, mm-hmm. And it went awry, and he was found out to be a part of that. And was Didn't uh, a movie just come out about him? I kind of think there was one. I think just so, recently. just recently. Yeah, and he was hung like days or weeks before they released mm-hmm. the prison or opened the prison up or something. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows who Bonhoeffer is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a guy who straight and narrow said, I am not going to participate in violence and, and then all of a sudden made the decision to and it cost him his life but it he also reached maybe more people because he died mm-hmm. but i don't know it's pacifism's a tough one amish kyle and i talk about it frequently because of uh the mennonites and the amish and he's not amish in any way shape or form but mm-hmm. they are they are strict pacifists and i bet they quote the bible verse that i was talking about in the sermon on the mount oh yeah uh, in order to defend themselves and, yep um, but i would say the the old testament uh, principles still apply under the new covenant and yeah that's i think probably so too. the main the main disagreement i mean i struggle with the whole idea of pacifism especially looking at the old testament Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about it all the time on this podcast, <clears throat> but it showed neat, like look at the book of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. He flat out told the people, "You got to remember the Lord, sure, yeah. but you got to fight for your family, yep, your your wives, your home, your children." Yeah, mm-hmm. and they went to work. Then they took shifts. Work, yeah. You're working while you stand guard. Yep, mm-hmm. you're flop. So, I mean, that right there tells me that. Yeah, but. I think the Free Methodist doctrine, uh, now this was years ago when I read it, but I don't think they've touched this doctrine in a long time, 
but it'd be their, their doctrine on war, is that uh, any kind of lethal force, whether it's uh, the army or I suppose home protection, uh, all Christian lethal force is defensive. Uh, and it's got to be aggressive or violent. I mean, that's might be in defining terms offensive versus defensive but you don't pre I think the idea maybe is preemptive or mm-hmm. uh, uh, which one well turn the other cheek I mean you might I don't know if you make the argument if, if and that would be a tough call if, if someone comes to your door and they're high and um, they're waving around a gun yeah they haven't pulled the trigger yet like uh, do, is this go time or do right. we try to talk them down uh, but anyway uh, they were talking about war so uh, and I, I that that's tough in the Old Testament because it looks like sometimes uh, Israel was uh, uh, going to battle and it and it was uh, a crest uh, it was offensive rather than mm-hmm. defensive and I, I'd have to study this to more clear carefully but I think um, I think uh, that is a biblical principle is that uh, if we're ever going to have to pull the trigger it's defensive we're just defending something or someone uh, and you can't just go out uh, yeah, yeah. revenge or and you th- I wonder if God sees a difference between uh, on the individual versus the geopolitical yeah. right so yeah. Israel has turned the other cheek time and time and time again against its aggressive neighbors yeah and this time it's not looking like they're turning the cheek right yeah. and it, and they're not de- defensive per se right now although all this that's defense is a good offense <laughs> yeah <laughs> also, although there's they you know there's still hostages in gaza and they're filling the tunnels they're, yeah. they're so they are setting up themselves for mm-hmm. for a, a defense in the long term but yeah i think so yeah I'm okay with that. Yep. <laughs> I'm I, not sure that's going to fly on Judgment Day, Ryan, just so you know. That's defense and a good offense. <laughs> as the good book says. You just blame it on the Proverbs. You just, uh, <laughs> it's got to be there somewhere, you right? Say it, you say it confidently enough, people are going to believe you. Oh, that's in the Bible? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if they're questioning it, like, no, it's in the Hebrew. you got to understand yeah, that. It's right. <laughs> right. lost in the translations over the years. Greek or Hebrew. <laughs> that's right. And it, there's something about those movies, though, that stir in men. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, I've told this before. Like, as a kid in high school, I'd sit there and think about Red Dawn because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Chinese or whoever it was, the Russians, Russians and the Cubans were parachuting in. and During, during the school day? They yeah, they're, they're out parachuting in on the high school field, and these guys have to gather together and get their, their gear and go live in the woods, and then they go on the offensive kind of. And, that was Red Dawn? Yeah. Yeah. Want to borrow it? I just remember the sub, the submarine. Oh, that's uh, uh, search for rock, hunt for rock. Hunt, hunt for rock. Okay, I don't know about a good one. I don't know if I've seen yeah. Red Dawn. Then one ping, okay. one ping only. I'll, uh, I have the original and then the remake up. I haven't like seen the remake. Too. It's actually pretty good. Is it? It's different, but it's good. And the same thing with Die Hard, right? Like, what would I do if? You know this this took place and i think of die hard 2 the one at the airport you know what would i you you just and maybe i have an overactive imagination but i think it for men it stirs 
we want something to mm-hmm. fight for. Uh, yeah. We want to fight uh, a battle to fight. And I mean, talk about that. You can, we've all read the book, Wild at Heart. And mm-hmm. I mean, half that mm-hmm. book is Eldridge yeah. talking about how in the innermost being of all men, yeah. whether they admit it or not, they want that yep. challenge. Yeah, and a princess and to, mm-hmm. to fight or defend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so this podcast, we have to t- attempt to temper it down a little bit here. We talked a lot about being the protector, mm-hmm. which, I mean, as men we're called to be. But if, we, if you don't necessarily feel like you are the protector, we yeah. did a whole podcast episode about that back on, I even looked it up, the 5th of July it was posted, oh. from weakness to meek, meekness, that's the one we mm. talked about, the protector, the healer, the prayer, what one are you, and where do you fit, yeah. mm. and all three of those are very important roles. Yeah. But just an attempt to... Wow. Yep. Yeah, because it, we do have, uh, I mean, not... All men are created equal, but not all men have the same, right. the same gifts skills, and drives and skills. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. I yeah. worry about guys. The young, the younger generation. They're uh, they're fulfilling that God given passion virtually. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I I love I loves me some war robots. I haven't <laughs> I haven't played since. Uh, Fight Club, but uh, video games are exciting. The technology oh, yeah. is amazing, and and uh, there's certainly not inherently evil. But I think there's something about that that satisfies the urge in young men, such that they uh, uh, they're passive in real life. They're becoming passive in real. Yeah, they. Mm-hmm. Let's. Uh, we need a vision of, and of course, we need to be careful. The the principle that uh, our war is not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers of darkness. That's true. Um, but the devil works through evil people, and and we need to. We need to recognize that we're in a spiritual war, mm-hmm. and to be able to recognize it. It's like put on your heat vision glasses so you can recognize what's going on. Uh, and then know how to fight it and, and uh, get that testosterone stirred up in you to because yeah. you, you may not get to it is it's tricky especially my generation because we didn't have I mean things are getting very bad now and it might come to arms it come it might come to as the old geezers used to say fisticuffs <laughs> or something yeah, yep. you can see especially as the election comes by and all that uh, the wars continue, and uh, we might we might have to get physical. But for for decades uh, previous, uh, we haven't recognized the spiritual battle. And in uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, uh, Nefarious by Steve Dace, uh, that's why the demon possessed prisoner says, "That's why you're losing." Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have a spiritual battle going on now that. That we need young men. A lot of it is in yourself. You yep. got to def- yep. you got to defeat the devil inside yourself. The your own uh, uh, masculine passions, which uh, crave to be unrestrained. You get you got to so there's the battle. You got to protect your wife and kids from yourself first. You got to yeah. protect <laughs> your coworkers and neighbors from yourself first. But then but then you got to recognize how every we're all born into sin we have a sinful nature uh and and so we got to have our eyes out for wicked people who uh, uh would 
pervert our kids or take advantage or or do violence and uh, but that's a spiritual thing that's a that's a God versus Satan, white versus, uh, um, I shouldn't say black and white, <laughs> light versus darkness. There you go. Uh, you know, biblical terms uh, uh, and how that works out in the material world. And get passionate about that. And you can pray curses on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, you say pray. I, I think the, the, the protecting and providing and the being on defense uh, all yeah. of that begins on our knees mm-hmm. right yeah. before you ever uh you know start even you know <laughs> before yeah. you even think about owning yeah. a firearm it begins on your knees that's yeah. where that's where being a man begins i mean i don't listen to worship songs much but there's one that says this is how i fight my battles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the whole premise is i'm not fighting with my fist or with other weapons it's i'm on my knees yeah, yeah. interceding for my but then yeah. there is a there comes a time, yeah. right? When you, you gotta take this up. Yeah, and um, you know it's like Kenny Rogers said. Sometimes you gotta fight to be a man. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Coward, good song. Coward Ooh. of the county. Yeah. <laughs> you got to know that. That's a different one. <laughs> <but. laughs> Another good song. But, uh, yeah. but I was thinking of King David. We could go on and on about this stuff. But David uh, talks about how you God trained my hands mm-hmm. for battle. But he was also the Psalms and the uh, uh, the history books in, in the Old Testament, yeah, the yep. Kings and Chronicles, are full of uh, him seeking the Lord before going to battle, mm-hmm. inquiring of the Lord. Yeah. And uh, should I do this? When you hear the sound of foot of marching through the Aspens, you go and attack these people. Yeah. I mean, so he started with prayer. Mm-hmm. The Lord trained his hands for battle, and then he stayed home and looked at Bathsheba too so yeah <laughs> yeah had he been out battling like God told him to be in, in the spring <laughs> yeah his his uh, 99 other wives weren't good enough I guess <laughs> <laughs> oh God bless him for that imagine I can't I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> no no it's it's an illusion mm-hmm. a delusion so do we pull everything possible out of? I don't even remember what Chris was saying. He gave some thoughts when I questioned it. Certainly not everything. But, no, I'm uh, sure not everything. Um, stepping into the gap at all costs, right? And I think we kind of touched mm-hmm. on that. Um, and, and I think the other thing is fighting when, when we feel like we don't have anything left. Uh. You know, after... Um, when John McClane would walk through that glass, I was just thinking and, that. I mean, he's all like, it's he's, just blood. He's everywhere. talking to the, the cop. He goes, yeah. "I have a bad feeling about this. I'm not sure." Yep. And if, I, and he goes, "I want you to do me a favor. Find my wife. I can't tell you now, because at that point, right, people were the listening. criminals were listening. His wife is downstairs. You'll know when when yeah. it comes time." So yep. he's like, "I'm going to be dead in a matter of minutes." Mm-hmm. In reality, he wasn't because he realized, "Oh, the roof's full of explosives, and they're going to blow everybody up." Yep. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, was it Corinthians in in uh, in my weakness? He is strong. Mm. There is a there is an that's a paradox again too because it's sometimes I don't know if it's spiritually versus physically, but sometimes it's literally true, I suppose. But uh, that doesn't mean 
that we should try and become weak. If that were no. true, then then we would sit on the couch and eat potato chips and let God glorify Himself. Right, right. Uh, I think where that takes place is our weakness is when we come to the end of ourselves and we have nothing. Mm-hmm. We can't think of anything else to do. We have no other plan. We have no other mm-hmm. action, and then that's where God stands in the gap, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's um, that's when. We see miracles yeah. some, in, in those places. When I'm at the end of myself, I can see God. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. stuff. Did we hit 40 minutes? 40 minutes and 14 seconds. Beautiful. Look at that. Awesome. And they thought it couldn't be done. We put a biblical twist on Die Hard. Look at that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I would suggest that next week is Christmas. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. we take Christmas off and start season two? <laughs> at the beginning of January. I was kind of thinking that. Yeah. yeah, sure. We haven't taken a week off yet. Nope. Other than the week I didn't record. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So I think we take the week and then we come back in January on the the second with week two or season two of Average <laughs> Joe's. Do you want to start the new year off with a Bible uh, Bible study type thing or? Uh, I'm I'm game for whatever. Our last meeting, uh, there was, well, two meetings ago, was suggested Nehemiah, yeah. and that's familiar to us. Yep. And uh, it could just be casual, where we go week, you know, chapter by chapter and chit yep. chat through it. But how many chapters are there? I don't it's remember. Le- but uh, I, just, I want to say fourteen, but I don't think that's right. Greg gave me. Uh, oh, we were talking about two books. One is by Chuck Swindoll. Hand me another brick. It's on leadership. Mm-hmm. But, and I thought that was what he was talking about, but Greg gave me a, a book written by someone else on uh, Nehemiah, and it's very detailed, and it's got questions in it and stuff. And hmm. So um, I could look this stuff over without everyone else having to buy a book or anything like that, just make sure there's something yeah. to uh, That'd be talk cool. about. When we, but do we want to tell the guys, like, read... Chapter one before the first Tuesday in January, or it's not a bad idea. Okay, so if you're listening to this podcast, then read chapter one of Nehemiah. And there's thirteen, by the way. There's thirteen chapters. Maybe you don't necessarily have to do all thirteen. You can pick yeah. and choose. Or something. Yeah. Very good. And we've got no church Sunday morning, right? Because it's at five and eleven. S- and Dave's oh, liturgical Dave's, thing yeah. at seven thirty. If you want to have communion, I was told to let people know what liturgical is. It's <laughs> it's more traditional. It's responsive reading where you'll read and they re- respond back, and it, mm-hmm. there won't be really much of a message, but there will be uh, the Eucharist or communion as mm-hmm. we Protestants know it. So, um, yeah. So it'll be New Year by then too. So yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, see you in church on... Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs> was that in the movie? <laughs> no, that was That's in Home Alone. Home Alone. <laughs> Hit the Which ones, what's D do? <laughs> but, <laughs> there you go. All right. All right, have a great New Year. Keep it average, man.